Hello and welcome to the Biz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for Tuesday, April 15th. I'm John Magi and I'll be your host for this week's show. Peter Werner is out in California on a working vacation and we hope he's having a really good time. He's going to be back with us next week, but in the meantime, I'm very happy to be joined by our Orlando team, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, and Kevin Close. And this week, because we have an empty chair, Will's been brought up from the kids' table. Wilbur! (laughs) (laughs) He's been allowed to sit with the adults. He also informed us that he does not want to talk, so we have to torture him and make him talk. Oh, there goes the whole focus of the show. (laughs) Thanks, Julie. (laughs) I got all kinds of Will jokes. (laughs) Uh Looking forward to those. Uh, And also, I don't want to forget to mention Regina Hendricks, our producer. She's working tirelessly back in New York State. Or so she says. <laughs> I really don't know what she does. Back She's there. watching TiVo. <laughs> and eating bonbons. Uh, in this week's show, we're going to discuss some of the top news stories and some of the uh, top stories on the Diz boards. Kevin Close has a review of the Maya Grill in Coronado Springs Resort. And Bob Varley is going to give us some timely advice and helpful hints for what to do if your flight is unexpectedly delayed, which really comes in handy because of the recent announcements by the airlines to delay all or shut down all flights, apparently. Uh, all that plus roundtable rapid fire on this week's show. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say hey to Pete. I'm pretty sure he's going to be listening to the show as soon as it goes up. So we want to make sure that it's as good as possible. He sent us a note from his iPhone, an important announcement. <laughs> he did. And the announcement said, I'm watching the electrical parade and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> That's just mean. That was it, one of my emails. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to act like it was a listener email. <laughs> listener email. For those of you who stay tuned for the, the email show tomorrow, just ignore that Kevin blew Corey's email. <laughs> and now he has nothing to do. Tough. Really. I don't want to do the news the way Pete usually does the news. I kind of think that that's his thing, so I don't want to just go through the news stories. So what I was kind of hoping to do was talk about some of the top things I see that's going on, and we'll kind of open those up to discussion. More than just have me read off the news story. But You're I mean, like a college professor. Really? I was kind of, <laughs> or a psychiatrist. <laughs> I was kind of thinking I'm more like Whoopi on The View. <laughs> I guess your analogy is much better than mine. Um, first of all, there's a new restaurant announced for downtown Disney waterfront area. Walt Disney World and eBrands Group have announced that a new restaurant will be coming in 2009 to the downtown Disney waterfront area. The restaurant has not been named yet and has no official opening date, but it's said to feature authentic Central and South American cuisine, specializing in tequilas, and there will be live music. This is the same group of people who brought us uh, Tempano and the Samba Room, which is over in Dr. Phillips, and also the person who is the CEO and owner of this company is also the person who runs the pavilion at morocco so hmm. and are you gonna do your i told you so's kevin i told you this last week yep. or two weeks ago was it two weeks ago or last, last week, week. Last the rumor. Week. yeah tequila so, huh? so this guy runs the samba samba room over i like timpanos and we've eaten at the mm-hmm. samba room before it's i like timpanos better timpanos is a great place yeah he does he's part of this group this restaurant group they have like 15 different restaurants in orlando that they've opened, and so, but he's the person who runs the Morocco Pavilion. I'm going to okay. agree with Julie and Bob. Timpano is, uh, we like Timpano. Timpano's got yeah. like a Rat Pack feel to it. It's this um, classy sort of. It reminds me of New York. It's this Italian eatery, and it's they're yeah. constantly playing music from the the 50s. But it's not like the Elvis, Bill Haley in the comments. It's more you know the Great American Songbook, Rat Pack, Dean Martin. Frank Sinatra. So if it brings that level 
to the area. I think that's great. I think more importantly, the food at Tempano is very good. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some misses over there, but more hits than misses, and it's usually very, very good food. Mm-hmm. I and agree. I think if they run the restaurant over in Morocco, both restaurants, I've heard complaints about those. So I've eaten in Morocco once a very long time ago, and I don't remember the food being great. But I, that doesn't say anything for what it's like now. So. Right. Let's hope it's... Good. Yeah. Good. Let's hope it's terrific. Looking forward to that. Uh, the next thing I wanted to bring up was, I don't know if you guys heard this, Virtual Magic Kingdom is closing May 21st, 2008. Uh, if you don't know what Virtual Magic Kingdom is, Virgin... <laughs> If you don't know what Virtual Magic Kingdom is, leave all that in, Corey. <laughs> That'll make Pete feel good. <laughs> I'm a big doofus. Virtual Magic, <laughs> Virtual Magic Kingdom is the interactive online game available on Disney.com. It was introduced as part of the Disneyland's 50th anniversary celebration. Um, it was supposed to be just a promotional thing just for the 50th anniversary celebration, but it kept going. Uh, the very basic definition I can give is that players can create online personalities they interact in a virtual Magic Kingdom inspired by the one at Walt Disney World, and they participate in activities that allow them to earn virtual stuff, quote-unquote, yeah. and personalize their online environments. There is a big uproar on the boards about this. People are very upset. I, it really sucks yeah. for all the people that built up their entire uh, you know, community Rank. or whatever. You know, Their person, they have all their stuff in there, and then they're just closing it down. People put a lot of work into this, so it was. I thought it was very successful, and you know, I was r- really surprised that it was going away. Well, the thing is, is that it's a free game. Yeah, Julie's over there. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. Julie's doing her nails. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Kelsey's daughter Sarah. Yeah. She's very much into. I was going to mention that. Yeah, but Virtual Magic Kingdom is a free game that's offered by at Disney.com, and Disney.com bought that Penguin Club thing. Yeah. So now there's pay for play games. So what it sounds like they're doing, I'm just speculating here, it sounds like they're trying to push people from this free game to the pay-for-play games. Yeah. However, I find it hard to believe that Disney can't figure out a way to make money from this. Mm. Advertising money can't be involved, you know, some kind of pay-for-time or something like that. It just seems really weird that they're just shuttering their doors and making it go away. Maybe they're going to make it go away and then bring it back in the future that you do have to pay. Mm. As a different version, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully you can transfer all your stuff. I don't have that any you gain stuff throughout the years. I have no Probably stuff. Not. Did anybody try to play it? Has anybody no. been No, but I know Kelsey's daughter was really big into it. Every time I've seen VMK on the boards, I'm like trying to figure out what it means. <laughs> what I'm like mean? very magical something. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it for like ten minutes one day, and I just it it takes it's a lot of commitment and it's a lot of involvement, yeah. and if you want to do that, you have to put the time into it, and I just didn't have the time to do it. I don't even like video games. Yeah, you know. At all. <laughs> now, the other weird thing is there's someone on the boards, and I don't know who he is, and I can't vouch for his uh, reputation or his not reputation, who is talking about creating a uh, version of this himself huh. and making it a pay-for-play version and charging people to do it. My only advice to people is be careful. Don't get involved in something unless we know for sure that it's the right thing to do. So I know people are excited about the possibility of continuing their game. Don't get caught up in that. And, yeah, I and see Disney lawyers getting involved there. Yeah, really? <laughs> It'll be their own virtual game. I've been trying to follow this on the boards, and it's very complicated. Yeah. But apparently this person did open something already, and it looks very much like the VM gay. VM gay. <laughs> VM gay boy. <laughs> That's an entirely different thread, is it? 
We should invent that game. We need all kind of nice outfits. <laughs> Think of the stuff we could buy. Oh, we had a smell. He had a he, uh, he had a version of the game, and he it looked very similar to the original game, but apparently it's changed already. So someone thinks the lawyers already got to him. Yeah. And said, you know, <laughs> no stuff. doubt. Yeah, I'm going to make money on this. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, really. Well, the games are big money makers. You know, World of Warcraft is like the same. It's the same. Basically, principle as this virtual magic kingdom, the 3D world that you have a character creating environment. Except you can't blow away Mickey. No, but <laughs> they make a killing off uh, their monthly accounts. No they, pun they intended. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean online gaming is huge now. And again, the, the the question is, why can't Disney make this work? I'm sure there's something they we don't know. They're working on it. Yeah, probably. Find a way to get your money. The next story I want to talk about is uh, the jury. A jury finds a woman guilty of battery in the mad teacup ride beating case. That was re- easy to say. Really was. You guys remember this story? Victoria Walker of Anniston, Alabama, was found guilty of battery on April 11, 2008, by a Florida jury. She was originally accused of beating up Amy Kraus of Florida. And so that's been put to bed. She's been charged. She's been uh, found guilty of a lesser charge, so she won't have as much of a sentencing as before. Thank God it wasn't assault. It would have been like eighteen years in yeah, jail. Fifteen yeah. or eighteen years. I think it's one. Time. Max is one year now, possibly, but she may get. We followed it all week stuff. in the news. Did you? Yeah. But the sentence comes with a jailhopper feature. <laughs> <laughs> that's thirty dollars per day more. <laughs> I don't think this story's... You haven't heard the end of the story, though. Oh, no. She'll appeal, I'm sure. Did you hear about she tried to introduce two last-minute witnesses, which is like her kid's superintendent of schools and principal or something like that? Yeah. Actually, they tried to... I think it was the Claremont schools uh, for the 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 other person. The Krauss woman. Right. So there's a lot, there's stuff going, there's backstories in there. You just can't go beating the snot out of people online, no. no matter how bad you want to. Exactly. But it's funny is the, the person, uh, Victoria Walker, who was the person who did the beating, brought these witnesses against the other woman who was beaten upon, and they were going to testify that this woman had an attitude, and I thought, you know what, that still doesn't re- you know, <laughs> no. justify getting your face pushed into a teacup. No. <laughs> you know, Otherwise, we'd be beating up Victoria Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then she, she um, Amy Krauss has now said that she's going to take her kids out of school because she's afraid that there'll be repercussions from... Yeah. That's sad. It is. Yeah, it really is. So hopefully everything will turn out okay. That Who was. knows? And the last thing I wanted to talk about was, I don't know if you guys have been watching it, but Samantha Brown has started her special on the Travel Channel. She's doing a series on Walt Disney World, and she started out with her favorite things at Disney World. We watched it. I T-voted. I really love Samantha Brown. I think she's really likable. I think she's genuine. Or if she's not, she's doing a really good job of pretending she is. <laughs> um, I also find her very credible. I watched Passport to Europe. I watched Great Hotels. I even watched Passport to South America. Uh, someplace I just have no desire to go. I didn't I didn't like that series. Well, I watched it because yeah. I watched her doing yeah. stuff that I didn't want to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... I watched this one the other night, and I realized that this was Samantha Brown's favorite things. It came across as a commercial for Disney. It was her credibility was kind of not there. Yeah, re, yeah here, read this. Yeah, type. it struck me as one of those propaganda mm. things they show in the Disney hotels. You mm. know, 
be, oh my gosh, that woman is so annoying. The top ten things you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yes. I just I found the whole thing, and she gave out misinformation. She gave out her favorite place to watch fireworks was from the top of the Contemporary Resort. And she talked about, you know, California Grill. What she didn't tell you was that you're not allowed to go out on that catwalk where she was unless you've eaten at the California Grill. Now, you don't have to be there at the time of the fireworks. If you eat there that day, they'll allow you to come back. All you have to do is bring your receipt. But that information wasn't shared. So it's making it sound like anybody can go up and do that. And I realized that that used to be the case, but she filmed this recently. So that's mm. changed since then. So I think that was misinformation. That's, you know, and the other thing that they told you was this was the best view of the fireworks. Well, the view that they were showing in the television show was looking straight down Main Street so that you could see the castle. <laughs> and, and I thought, well, oh my God. that's not what you're going to see. You're going to see the fireworks over Space Mountain. Yep. And there's the little tiny top of the castle in the background. So while it is a great place to watch the fireworks, it's not open to everybody right. but what is open to everybody is the fourth floor observation deck at the the magic kingdom end of the contemporary it's not as high but you get kind of the same view so i thought i thought there was some misinformation in there i thought it was it it was skewed very disney skewed it their way mm. that's yeah, my feeling you know they had a very short leash on her right which again is disappointing because when you watch her for other stuff you think well she has a little more credibility the other thing that got us laughing was she tried that Grand Marnier slushy, and it sounded really good. And then the man said, eight dollars. Eight dollars for ice? Here's Did a- she say that? No, that's oh. what we said. She looked real happy to be spending eight dollars. She wasn't spending it. They gave it to her free. No, she pulled money out of her pocket, so yeah. let's pretend it was hers. Okay. But she looked real perky and really happy to be spending eight dollars on a cup of ice and Three little tiny drops of Grand Marnier. Was it the orange one? Yeah. I like it. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm betting it's good, but for $8, it should be good. Exactly. <laughs> and if you want to sit in a stroller and eat it, now it's $39. Like, you know. <laughs> Way to get that stroller in there, Kevin. I know, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. It's this was the kind of going strong on the, on the boards. This was the kind of, and I, I don't have a stroller, and I don't fit in a stroller, and I don't need a stroller. Um, but this was the conversation that was going on while we were watching it. $8 for a slushie. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm done. It's okay. It was cute. I, I liked the part where she was in uh, Cirque du Soleil, and they tied her up, and they let her do the rope thing where she spun down. That was cute. That was good. That was She was very brave. And did she do like 10 of her best favorite things, or what? No, she just did my favorite things, and then the weird thing was that she skipped around. So she said they had Disneyland and Disney World. Oh. So it was her favorite parade was a Disneyland parade, gotcha. daytime parade, and the nighttime parade was World Disney World. And the other thing was, it was like it was not in any particular order. So she would be in Disney World, and the next thing you know, she's in Liberty Square, Ugh. or not Liberty Square, um, New Orleans Square in Disneyland. And I'm thinking, so people she, are confused, yeah. <laughs> unless you're really paying attention. So I, I just think it was. I, I just thought it was scripted. a little less than credible. The other thing, too, is you've got to remember this was her favorite thing show. So hopefully the next shows maybe get a little bit more. Things that suck at Disney. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Ten of my most hated things. Samantha, call Kevin. You know, she was in town and she doesn't call. She I, doesn't I write. can't believe she didn't call you. I'm not sure we're going to be friends anymore. Uh-oh. That's not true. I really like her. I know you do. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I have for the news. And I'm glad I brought those things up because you all had opinions, which is good. 
So let's move I feel like on. there would be a lack of opinions at this <laughs> I table. Little, I was a little worried. <laughs> I thought this was going to fall flat, but it didn't. Uh, let's move on to rapid fire. Who wants to go first? I will. No one jumped up to say I will, so I will. Taking a break. Um, mine's about the new uh, ten animated movies that Disney's going to be previewing in the next four years, or presenting. Some of them will be uh, hand-drawn animation. Uh, one will be Wall-E, a robot love story, opening June 28th. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. I think that one's going to be funny. Really? Yeah, I do. Wall-E. I'm thinking robot love story sounds kind of cheesy. No, I, but I think that one's going to be cute. Um, also, The Princess and the Frog, which is a hand-drawn animated fairy tale set in New Orleans, will open Christmas 2009, and the other eight, eight movies are going to be digital 3D. So pretty much the only one I'm excited about is The Princess and the Frog, because I prefer the hand-drawn animation to the yeah. 3D. I agree. Isn't that I the agree. one where the, the princess was going to be African-American? Yes. I think that's exciting. Looking forward to that one. So yeah. the first digital 3D movie for release is Bolt. It's the story of a dog who thinks he's a superhero. That's going to be opening November 26th. There's going to be Up, the story of an unlikely 78-year-old adventurer and his 8-year-old sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really funny. Um, May, t- May 29th, 2009. I can't wait for that one. Uh, Toy Story 3 is going to be June 18th, 2010. And this third film is going to pick up with Andy all grown up and going to college. I think that should be kind of neat. And they do have the returning... <laughs> toy Story, a different kind of toy. <laughs> Adult um. Toy Story. <laughs> Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, and John Cusack are going to return, uh, providing voices. Then you'll have the classic Brothers Grimm fairy tale Rapunzel, Christmas 2010. Um, Newt, a story of the last two blue-footed newts on the planet, summer 2011. Uh, the, the next fairy tale is going to be The Bear and the Bow. It's an action adventure about a royal family in rugged and mythic Scotland. Ooh. That'll be Christmas 2011. That yeah, sounds like one of them Brother Bear movies. <laughs> yes. I'm like, The Bear and the Bow. <laughs> okay. Who's, who's going to do the soundtrack? That'll really be the death knell of it. You know? <laughs> direct, <laughs> yeah, direct to DVD. But supposedly they're getting Reese Witherspoon and Emma Thompson to do voices for that movie. Oh, that doesn't yeah, mean that anything. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and then Cars 2. There, it's coming out summer 2012, and then The King of Elves is going to be Christmas 2012. 2012 for Cars 2. Wow, that's quite a ways. You on. know that movie um, Wall E. Yeah. Do you remember before? Think back to before Lilo and Stitch came out, and they told you it was going to be about a little girl who lived in Hawaii and a space alien, yeah. and you thought, yeah, get me a princess. <laughs> it just sounded like it was going to be dreadful. Yeah. It's. I have a feeling this. From the little bits I've seen of it, they have the trailers every once in a while when you right. go to the movies. And the trailers are very, very funny. Yeah. So I have a feeling that it's going to appeal. This is also one of those things that I think might bring in the little boy audience. Yeah. As opposed but to... But it's a love story. You know, if we don't tell them that, they probably won't know. <laughs> it's a little... The robots ca- clanking together. <laughs> it's a little thing. No, I don't turn- think that part of the... I, I when they think- kiss, Bob, don't be dirty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh! I thought you meant something else. I'm sorry. No, that's adult Toy Story. Um, so I think it, it, it looks like it's going to be good. I have high hopes for that one. Yeah, uh, they did some trailers during the Super Bowl uh, commercials, mm. and I thought they were pretty cool. I just think you know it's going to be a go along that line with the Cars and Toy Story, something where they're aiming towards young young male kids as opposed to young girls. I do agree with you, though, Bob, that 
Cars 2, 2012. That's a that's long a, time well, to wait for a second movie. It just seems like they're, um, there's quite a few years between the two of them, and you know, I, you'd think they'd want to speed it up a little more. But I don't know. I'm not an exec. We'll see. Excellent. It takes a long time to build a car. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go next, only because I'm going to jump on that Toy Story. Well, thank you, Julie. Okay, thread. Sorry. Thank you, thank you Julie. Oh, yeah, this is your job, huh? Go yeah. ahead. Ask who's Co- next. I'm supposed to be Corey. the host. Go Corey. ahead. We're jumping past you for a minute. Go ahead, Kevin. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, right. I'm bossy. What can I tell you? Uh, Toy Story sneak preview with the Toy Story Mania at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, the pass holder preview is May 10th through May 12th. Experience, um, you're invited to experience Toy Story Mania. It's a brand new attraction from the Disney Pixar uh, film. And it's starting May 10th and it goes through May 12th. Um, to be admitted, you'll need to present your valid Walt Disney World annual pass and a photo ID. Now, I have to tell you, I came across an article, and I'm going to give the woman credit because this was not my article and I don't want her to accuse me of stealing. I found this online, and the woman's name is Eileen Ogent. And she works for Tribune Media Service. Eileen against the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Now she's coming after Eileen, right to John. I just was giving you credit. Um, She wrote an article about this coming up, and she gives the backstory of Toy Story, the uh, mania. Uh, The backstory is that Andy, the character from Toy Story, uh, he's the kid whose toys come to life, gets a carnival play set for his birthday. And while he goes out to dinner with his folks, the toys... um, come to life and set up a mid a midway and mr potato head is the carnival barker and he encourages us to play the games and he tells jokes and is interactive which i think is pretty cool that's kind of got that crush thing going on um you wear 3d glasses and you ride through your first of all you're shrunk to the size of a toy and the vehicle begins to spin and you start aiming at 3d animated targets using a spring action shooter now, they didn't go into much more detail than that, but you hit water balloons, plates, rings around aliens. So something spies. actually shoots out? No, That's, no, but, no, well, no, it's a, no. I'm reading the article right here, and it says spring action. It's spring action. That's what they want you to, but the spring it action. It gives you the feeling when you hit the feel. trigger. Uh, okay, it's, I didn't say it sprung out. Stop blinking at me and shaking your head. I didn't, <laughs> I I didn't write the article, okay? <laughs> Uh, it, spring action is in quotes, Julie. Okay. Bob's doing that with his eyes. <laughs> no, it's all it's all video. There's no height requirement for this attraction, and it's supposedly not scary. I also understand that each time you play, the experience is different. Um, so there, you you will have a different ending in each time. Tell them what you overheard when I went to uh, the the preview for Toy Story the Musical at uh, Disney Cruise Line. There was a bunch of suited cast members, and they were discussing, and I didn't hear them say Toy Story Mania, but it sounded to me like that's what they were talking about. They were excited because they each had a chance to try it, and they kept saying, oh, it's very cool. I'm trying to up my score. I got a 250. What did you get? So it didn't sound to me like it was Buzz Lightyear, because Buzz Uh Lightyear has sort of, your scores are much higher than that. Not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Mine either. I just make the the cards first with a negative. Yeah. (laughs) I just make the cards spin. I shoot at other people. You know, you know you're supposed to pull the trigger. Yeah, right? well, apparently I should not be a hunter. <laughs> you know, how, instead of beating people up in line, I shoot the people in front of me who annoyed me in line. <laughs> yeah. Um, finishing up on that, and again, I have to credit Eileen Ogins. This is not something I came up with on my own. Um, if you're going to be in New York City, 
uh, May 28th through June 1st, they're having the first World Science Festival. And it's going to be sponsored by Columbia University and some other places. But Walt Disney Imagineering is going to have a a special presentation of Science of Imagination, during which uh, Disney scientists and engineers demonstrate how science and engineering are part of Imagineering. Anthony, this is for you. That's cool. If you want to be an Imagineer, find out where the World Science Festival is being held in New York City. So I think if you're in that area and you're interested in becoming an Imagineer, this might become this might be something you'd, your kids would be interested or even in. Even if you want to just get a Disney fix, it's yeah. a cool thing to attend. Exactly. What was the date on that? It's May 20. I don't have a lot of information on it. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. I found this information just prior to us leaving this morning, so I didn't have a lot of time to do any research on the World Science Festival, but it's being held someplace in New York City, May 28th through June 1st. So it's, I think, I think that's after Memorial Day weekend. It is. So, um, I, if I was going to be there, I think it would be something I would go scope out. Yeah. So thank you, Kevin. Let's go back to me. All right. (laughs) Corey, you're up. Well, mine had to do with toys. No, no, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds good. The, um, I had the grand opening for the Simpsons attraction at Universal Studios. The grand opening is May 15th and May 16th, 2008. I also heard at the Columbia Harbor House, they are no longer, no longer serving, the soup and sandwich combo. You now have to purchase the soup and the sandwich separately. So First the strollers, now this. <laughs> oh, no. What's I going mean, on? Disney's never. going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, that I was, mean, no. soup and sandwich always goes together. That was a popular thing. It there. was. And it was a decent price. And it's quality food. And Disney changes it again. So that's it. Mine was very rapid. Thank you, Corey. Bob. I have uh, Earth Day... Events for April 17th through 22nd at Disney World. They're, they're going to be celebrating uh, Earth Day over uh, Animal Kingdom on the 22nd from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. They're going to have Potty of the Planet. Uh, Disney World Conservation Fund becomes Disney World Conservation Fund that, that day. They'll have Earth it stays the same? The Disney World Conservation Fund becomes Disney World Conservation Fund? Worldwide Conservation Fund. Oh, gotcha. And then they'll have Earth Day buttons, uh, some activities that include supermarket sweep, and what's in Sue's poop. What? Go ahead, explain, Bob. I know what this is about. Sue's one of those ticket people at the front gate. (laughs) (laughs) They have like a plastic bag under her. Looks like she had corn and chili for lunch. Actually, I don't have... Do you have more on the Sue's poop? Um, I believe it has something to do with one of the animals there. Like an elephant or something? I am not sure exactly. I thought Sue was that dinosaur. No. No, I don't think that's true. Oh, you're talking about... um, I think it's like Nelly. You're talking about the one in the water? It's not Nelly either. (laughs) What? You're looking at me. I'm blank. (laughs) Why are you looking at me? I don't know either. Something else that happens on April 22nd, that's actually Animal Kingdom's 10th anniversary. Yes. And they're having a wild decade. And um, if you're in the area, Joe Rohde's going to be speaking at the It's Tough to Be a Bug Theater Mm -hmm. in the morning. And I plan on going. Yeah, I'm going to be there too. Uh, It's. So there's going to be a lot of activities happening on the 22nd. You do realize you're going to have to get there earlier than you got there for the 25th anniversary of Epcot. Yeah. Okay. As soon as the park opens. Oh, okay. Early. Don't look at me like this didn't happen. I did. Where are you? I'm looking at the back of uh, Marty Sklar's head. In- <laughs> <laughs> Bob, we're right in the center. We've got a great spot. Oh, I'm off to the side. I got a good pictures of it. I'm just teasing you, Bob. I'll be there early. That's what I do. 
Okay. Um, so there's a bunch of other activities that are going on. We're going to have a link on the website uh, that I'm going to send Corey again this week. <laughs> I sent him last week. You sure did. Thank you, And uh, it'll go through, and you can see what's going on. Uh, Epcot, 18th to the 20th, is having the uh, green weekend. Bugs are cool. So that's going to happen 18th through the 20th. So check out that stuff, too. Excellent. Thank you, Bob. Will, do you have a rapid fire? You want to make one up? I don't. <laughs> I got one here. here. Shame, shame. See if you can read that one. Was Will unprepared? Unprepared. Okay. All right. Now, this is coming from Bob. So. <laughs> what does that mean? So the font's really small and pale. Take it with a grain of salt. I put it in big type. Untitled you- Guidelines for Lithium Batteries. That's why. As of January 1st, 2008, travelers may no longer check, pack, store lithium batteries of any kind in checked baggage. Passengers uh, wishing to carry spare lithium batteries for devices such as laptops, cell phones, and cameras are now required to pack them in their carry-on baggage with the terminals covered and insulated. Travelers may check bags that contain batteries as long as they are insulated in electronic devices. Did you type that? <laughs> this came right off the... Or you can strap them to your torso with duct tape. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't like that. So, uh, no, I thought it was interesting because it, they've, they've cha- they have changed the rules for... Glad, glad you thought it was interesting. <laughs> what? Well, someone did write into the podcast account talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so people, we're going to put that link up on the website yeah, also a- to check out because... It, if you're putting all, all these batteries in your suitcase, they're going to take them away. Yep. And they're going to disappear. So why, why would you want to carry them on? That's what I don't understand. Because if you're working while you're on the plane, you might need an extra one to swap out. Right. I about carry about all laptop. my electronics on. I don't pack anything uh, Which makes no sense. Charger. If you're going to work on the plane and you need an extra battery, yeah. packing it in your luggage to oh, put it in. Oh, he's saying, yeah, why would you pack it if you want to carry it? Right right, right. right. I was also wondering if that's the reason the batteries for Peter when he was on the cruise ship, may have yeah. got taken away. I, I, I tried looking into cruise line uh, requirements and specifics, but I, I didn't find anything on it. But I, I thought it was interesting and that people should check out before they, they do travel. There's more tips. Uh, there's a link on here. Uh, go to safetravel.dot.gov slash tips, uh, and that'll give you some more information. Yep. Cool. Very cool. There you go. Thank you, Will. Thanks for stepping in there. And Anytime. I need that so I can send it to Corey. He needs it back. <laughs> That's my paper. Give me my paper back. <laughs> the link. Yeah, you can send it to me, Bob. I'll be whiting out all the letters. <laughs> Shut up. That's not fair. I'm reconstituting the die. <laughs> Are you picking on my printer? I am Was not that... picking on your printer at all. Your Frankenstein I haven't printer. Co- I haven't come here with small print before today ever. in a while really for it's been a while, a while. Yeah. believe me i know because i have full view of bob's 200 papers <laughs> <laughs> i failed that today but i i got a chance to print up the little red tabs they kill me they're color-coded <laughs> he's what? very organized he is i'm sure he, he doesn't know the name of the dinosaur but he's really organized i can find out the name of the Excellent. dinosaur gertie gertie that sounds it's right. Gertie. Oh, Gertie's no, the dinosaur the big at Disney dinosaur. Hollywood Studio. Yeah, I thought that's what you guys were talking no, about. This is the Animal Kingdom. Oh. And Gertie's made out of concrete. She doesn't poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of that. It's going to drive me nuts. She poops that little cinder blocks. 
pizza way we're talking about. So open up your <laughs> So open up your iPod and figure yeah. it out. Really. All right. Uh, my rapid fire is that I had a chance to attend the uh, the preview of Toy Story the Musical on the Disney Wonder. I wrote up uh, my blog about it, and I wanted to give people a little bit of background as to what happened at the event itself. Um, I already talked about the show, and the show was a good show, and I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was tremendous or special. There was a write-up in one of the, the papers that said it was a Broadway-style production. I don't agree. However, it's a lot of fun. People who love Disney, people who love Toy Story, people on the cruise are going to lose their minds. So there's no doubt about that. I got invited to uh, what's considered a special event. And the special event is usually a press event. It's a place so that the press can preview something and then get the word out so people get excited about it and then buy more Disney stuff. Um, I went to this event, and I've been to others before, and I kind of knew what to expect. You're going to get checked in, and you're going to get a... Uh, an ID and you're going to be able to go in and participate and stuff. And when you get invited to these things, while you shouldn't have this, there's always an expectation of, well, maybe something really cool is going to happen because they usually do. Disney really goes above and beyond yeah. and does something really cool. So while you don't want to be that person who's sitting there waiting for the really cool thing to happen, you always have that anticipation that something really cool is going to appear. So we're getting, we're in the terminal and you wait until they allow us to board the, actually through the onto the ship and they take you from the ship from the terminal through the ship to the Walt Disney Theater where the production is being held. And as you approach the uh, the theater on both sides, for people who've been on the cruise, there are those two drink areas where you can stop and get a drink before you go into the show. Well, these drink areas have these red bags all lined up. Hmm. And I'm thinking, great, I'm getting swag. I'm getting getting Toy Story of the Musical stuff. I can't wait. So I want to share with everybody what I got. And I realize this is a visual, and I realize that this is kind of silly to do on a podcast, but I want to get your guys' reaction to what I got for free at Toy Story of the Musical. It's okay, John. Comics do it all the time. Props. Yeah, you're like Carrot Top. (laughs) That's a nice red bag. Right, it's a cool bag, right? Yeah, it's got... Toy Story, the musical on it. It's it's just cool. a little red bag. It's it's like a little red gift bag. Yeah, it's really cool. So I saw that. I got really excited. So the first thing that was in it that I've already used was a bottle of water. <laughs> so we don't get to see that. You don't get to see the okay. water. Okay. Well, Will's got one, so so we'll demonstrate. Okay. There's the bottle of water. Woo! Right. Oops. My microphone. So the next thing that was in here, ready? The bag has straps on it. Are you yes. ready? Yeah. I got rolled oh. gold. Pretzels. Because you can't get those anywhere else. <laughs> the tiny little bag of roll gold pretzels, because apparently we were all going to get famished. Well, famished. This came from <laughs> American that Airlines. That means you're not, yeah. They pro- yeah. <laughs> this is the two ounce bag of rolled gold pretzels. That's right. That means you're not getting lunch. Do you want me to pass lunch. them around so you can no, all see thank them? You. Do you guys, you John, see right off the bat, I know you're not getting lunch. No, we did not get lunch, needless to you say. You got the pretzels. Then we got... Oh, look at this. What is that, Kevin? It is a Quaker chewy granola bar in peanut butter and chocolate chip. Yeah. They oh, took, they got plus took s'mores. And, and a s'mores They took Quaker. all the stuff off the American Airlines canceled flights and put it in bags <laughs> right. for you. You got one of those here. We hope you don't die on our plane <laughs> snack packs. Oh, my God. And as if, there, you know, I was worried that that was going to be it and there wasn't going to be any Disney Cruise Line related stuff. stuff. Yeah. 
Whoa. Disney Cruise Line napkins. Wow. Oh. Slightly used. Slightly used. <laughs> <laughs> One's got lipstick on it. <laughs> so this Where did the a, lipstick come from? And again, you know, it's you feel what? stupid. You feel silly thinking I'm going to get something cool. But it's just you get handed this thing. That's and you it? Think, that was it. What a letdown. That's the whole thing. The best part of the whole thing. Is the bag. Is the right. bag. The bag is really cool. So what I decided to do is I had Corey pick a name at random from our listener database. And I'm going to give away <laughs> my very cool Toy Story the Musical prize pack. Oh, my God. To one of our lucky listeners. All right. This is the random. His name is George Higgins. It's about all I know from about okay. him. So George Higgins. And we don't know where he's from. We'll contact you. All right. Or contact Well, this us. is from the, um, the email list that you, so we you have subscribe to. So we only have their email address, their Excellent. Diz name, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. So. Thanks. George. Hey, George, congratulations. Now, just to make it a little bit sweeter, I don't want you oh, to... Oh, I was going to say, can't we throw something else in there? <laughs> we can throw another <laughs> stuff in there. I can't believe that's it. You're going to get my lanyard oh, well, that's that cool. I got, which that's is pretty cool. It says 41008 on it. It says Toy Story the Musical. It's a little identification placard. All right. Okay. And what I'll do is I'll give this to Corey to take pictures of. Corey, can you take pictures sure. of it? Sure. And then we'll... <laughs> Can't wait. And Julie will ship it off to him. <laughs> Make it look like it's more than... <laughs> exactly. Can we can we uh, spice it up a little more? Wait, there's more. I'm, work, oh, I'm okay. working on it. Okay. I'm also going to give him the <laughs> pamphlet I got for uh, the show, which is sort of tells you who all the actors are and tells a story about what happened at the at the show and who created what. So I think he'll enjoy that. And finally, George, you're going to get $100 in Disney gift cards. Oh, that's cool. So okay. That was very nice. Whew. That was, that's from us. That's, that's from us. That's yeah, not from that's Disney Cruise not Line. From Disney. <laughs> so it's, it was just one of those things that was odd. Congratulations. However, George Higgins. However, I will say this. One of the first person who introduced the show was uh, Lassiter. John Lasseter. John Lasseter. So that was pretty cool to hear him talk and talk about how he was excited to see this go from an animated feature to a stage show. So that was neat. However, the swag bag was sad. So <laughs> that's it for my rapid fire. Congratulations, George. I hope you enjoy it. I'm passing this over to Julie. She can be in charge of sending that out to you. And that will do it for rapid fire. And we're going to move on to Bob Varley, who has a uh, segment for us, or he's done some research Uh for, with some helpful hints in case your flight is unexpectedly delayed. And this comes at a, a very good time because if you're following the news, which I'm sure you are, uh, many of the major airlines have been canceling tons of flights. Over th- a thousand more for uh, American Airlines. Uh, over a thousand flights. And this has to do with the safety inspectors are going to be going in and looking at their planes. And a lot of them are saying, listen, we need to do this work before we're inspected. I don't know if you guys read the the news this morning, but American Airlines, this, the plane that in question was the MD-80. Right. And all of them were cleared this morning. Right. Oh, so I think they had like three planes that weren't cleared. I don't but, think that, yeah, I don't think that this is going to be a long-term thing, but I think it's a good thing to know in case your flight gets delayed. I think it's going to hurt their business still. I agree. I, I, Bob. I disagree. I agree with that not being a long-term thing. This just to give you some uh, background, a lot of this developed from uh, when the Southwest Airlines had their flights pulled. And what happened was the inspectors got, they, they showed, showed them up. And they said, okay, these, these inspections weren't happening. And then this big fine came out for Southwest. And all of a sudden, all the other airlines uh, jumped on and said, because they were, going to have the same thing happen to them. 
So that's when they started doing all these pulling of planes for inspections because their inspection dates were due. And what they would American Airlines was trying to do was avoid a penalty that would have been even greater than what Southwest was. Right. But my point was that the plane is not going to be out of commission for six months. Oh, no, no. They're going to do the inspection. They're going to correct the problem and get going. However, it will have a cascading effect on schedules for sure. It had, yeah. The, the American Airlines thing had something to do with the the bundling of the uh, the wires. And instead of being every inch, it was an inch and a quarter. So they were talking like a quarter inch in save for, for these bundles. But and that that's all going to cascade through this summer because some of these some of the stuff has already forced three airlines to uh, go bankrupt and it, there's going to be more things happening in the future with all these inspections. Cool. So, so tell us your tips. We're all okay, waiting. You, if you're traveling and the last thing you want to do is get stranded in an airport, and one of the things. This I had a, an experience uh, when Erin was going. My daughter was going to college. She came home for Thanksgiving, and when we went to take her back to the airport, her flight got canceled. So, what do you do if you have your flight canceled? And one of the things we did was instead of going to the ticket line, which was like eight hundred miles long, we went immediately to a payphone and called and. We talked to a, uh, a airlines rep on the phone and found out that we could fly out of Providence instead of Boston the next morning at 7 a.m. and still get her back to her class so she was there in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So a good tip for people traveling today would be programming to your cell phone the airline's number. Yes. We, whenever we travel, we never travel. I don't know if you even know this. We never travel without the name and phone number of our airline. Well, that, I don't travel without you, so. They're right. <laughs> that's why I said I don't know if you know this or not. But that that's the basic. First thing is to, number one, stay calm and try to find a, a, another way other than the 800,000 people that are all trying to get the same thing and go and find a phone or use your, your cell phone while you're in, in the line. And Can I give another piece of advice there? Sure. They're dealing with people who are screaming at them. Right. If you remain friendly and calm, even though you might not be, you're going to get further. Right. And if you ask for help rather than demand that they do something, I think you're going to be much more likely to get the desired effect. Right. Well, that, that was one of my points <laughs> I was going to say. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, I, I wrote down stay calm, be polite. You get more with honey than vinegar, and it's not the person that's at behind the counter's fault, right? And you will you will get a better result by not going and freaking out in the line. So uh, another thing is, if you're already through security, uh, I've read uh, different articles, and they tell you rather than go back to the ticketing window through security. Go to any of the uh, gates where the desks are and talk to a person at the at the gate rather than go back and wait in the the awful lines. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's just a matter of you know they all have the same equipment. So sometimes they'll try to refer you back to that front gate, but 
try to, you know, like I said, go up pleasant and friendly, and you'll find that sometimes they'll be able to help you right there. The other thing is if, if you already checked your bags, that might be a problem if you're trying to get another flight uh, and your bags are on the flight. So you may not have that ability to have that stuff with you. So if you have a, an awareness that you might have a canceled flight, look at what you're packing for your carry-on that you're going to keep with you, keep important stuff, medical supplies and things like that. Keep all that stuff in your in your carry-on rather than in your check bags. And if you have, if you know that it's it's going to be canceled, you know, plan ahead a little bit. If you have an idea it's going to be canceled, also is there's a there's a website called Flight Stats F L I G H T S T A T S dot com, and you can actually track your flight from home. And I've been playing around with this uh, website for a little bit and looking at it. And you actually can look up your airline or your flight and see what the historical record of it is over the past, say, couple months at least. And I I did that, and I went in and checked different airlines for their uh, arrival and on-time status. The best airlines I found was Southwest. Take a guess at what the uh, on time was for them. 80%. 99%. No. 75%. I was closest. What do I win? (laughs) (laughs) Southwest is 75% on time arrival overall through their whole system. American Airlines has a 65% on time status. Delta is seventy percent. JetBlue is seventy one percent. United seventy. Airtran is sixty seven. British Airways fifty nine percent. But what makes an airline what are they considering on time? I mean if five minutes makes a difference, I don't think anybody who's flying cares. Yeah, what's the parameter? Well they they also time? they just this was general, but they also list extreme times. So like uh, I, I believe American Airlines, 10% of their flights are extreme late. So you can get that on a graph, too, which is helpful. I mean, those numbers are interesting, but if it's 15 minutes, I don't think that's going to be, you know, if that's going to skew the numbers, I don't think most travelers would care if they were 15 minutes late. But if you're scheduling, one of the points I'm trying to drive to is if you're doing a second flight, if, say you're doing minutes could be very crucial. Right. If you're doing, I've seen the amazing race. I know. So, I mean, <laughs> that can't that can't make to get a difference. Last flight to Zimbabwe. Yeah, but right. And what, one of the things true is true too is that historically, flights in the middle of the day have more problems than flights very early or very late. Right. So, so you, you want to make sure that you check your flights, the history of your flight. One of the things that's happening now, though, is these canceled flights are. Um, an exception and not the rule. They're all of a sudden. And one of the things that's happening is people are getting upset because they're at the airport and they knew the airlines supposedly knew they were going to cancel these flights. So it's not an on time issue. It's more of a, why didn't you call me ahead of time? I think one of the things I can tell people is that from uh, September 11th, we had a lot of folks stranded here. And if it looks like you're not going to get a flight out and you have to get somewhere, 
go rent a car. Go to the rental car places and make that decision quick so you can get that car quick before other people get it. But that might be your only option. Right. Because these people, American Airlines just said, listen, we're canceling your flight. We have nothing to offer you as an alternative. Here's your money back. Go somewhere else. Right. So for some people, that's not an option. Another option that you need to look at along those lines is go to Amtrak and look and see if you can get an Amtrak train to, to go back up. And that might be an you're, you're never going to a train can take just as long as driving in a car. You're never going to catch that connecting flight by train. No, I, I, <laughs> I understand you're not going to connect, get the connecting. But if you're trying to get away from the area that's affected, if say it's a, a storm, Amtrak would be one of the things I'd look at it trying to to get back up the East Coast, and then you can either you know see what conditions are like say in washington or somewhere up the east coast if you can't get a train look to see if john candy and his polka band are <laughs> available renting a truck and flying some driving somewhere go graham <laughs> reference the, the home polka alone. kings of chicago <laughs> that's what they were right? From the home alone movies. the the basic thing I'm, you might want to try to do is you know check it like i said from home see what your conditions are there you're you have more uh, resources if you're at at home or you're at a place where you have internet connection. So you can see what when you go up to the ticket window, you know before while you're waiting in line, call the airlines, get some information on what flights are available, so that when you do actually get up to the person, you'll have an idea of what's going what's going on and what your options are. So. Just the basic thing is stay calm and and do what you can. Uh, it's basically it. And if you end up getting stuck to go overnight, ask people in the airport. You know what's a good hotel in the in the immediate area that you can go to. Is basically it. And make sure that you have a ticket before you go to the hotel or have you're on some flight. And then you might want to return the next day even though you may have a ticket for two days out, and see if you can get on some sort of standby line during that course of the time. But it really gets complicated once you're, you're in the airport and your resources are limited. Mm. We certainly feel for the folks who are affected by this. That's an awful feeling to be trapped and, and not have a flight. So well, thank you very much, Bob, for that information. Kevin. Before we go on... I was working on this. I didn't realize you were doing it. So I have a couple of things to add. Okay. Um, First of all, one of the things they suggest is that you prioritize what's important to you. If uh, getting to your destination is the most important thing, work towards getting a seat on a plane as opposed to compensation for your troubles. Yes. If you approach with, I want $1,000 back, I want my money back, and I want a seat you're going to be bumped. You're going to be moved to the back of the line. You're not going to become their priority. People who approach with a priority, if this is your priority is that you've ruined my business meeting and now I'm going to be out this money dollars, make that your priority. And that's how you should approach them. So you should prioritize what's the most important to you, thing to you, compensation or getting to where you are. The other thing that they're recommending for all air travelers now is that travelers become more aware of who services the area in which they live. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that you book backup flights, but they are suggesting, for instance, I know that 
uh, southwest does not travel to New York City. Does, the closest it comes is Long Island. Right. So what they're suggesting is, and this is just an example, I'm not looking to slam Southwest, I particularly like Southwest, but it's not going to do you any good if you're stuck in an airport to go to Southwest if you're looking to get back to New York. So what they're suggesting is know which area, which areas, which carriers service the area you live in so you'll have a plan of attack if something happens that you are stuck in an airport. There's no sense going and standing in another line if that airplane if that um, carrier doesn't go anywhere near your where you're going. Right. The other thing they know is it's much cheaper and easier to rent a car from an airport close to your house and drive that last leg than it is to rent a car and drive from where you start your um departure point. So also become aware of what airports are within a reasonable driving distance of your final destination and also find out which carriers service those airports those are just some of the tips that i came up with the other thing a tip i came up with was i forgot to mention was when you're buying your uh, airline tickets make sure you use a credit card because you have a, a way of getting your money back and you don't want to if if they are canceling the fight flight completely that you should get a refund immediately. Don't get a credit because with the way the airline industry is right now, you might be getting a credit on an airline that may be out of business in three months. Uh, so be careful. It's much better to have the money back rather than just a credit. And using a credit card gives you sort of more uh, consumer power. Right. You can go to the credit card company and dispute it. Excellent. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Kevin, for the added information. And we're going to move on to Kevin's review of the Maya Grill at the Coronado Springs Resort. Let me explain. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Let me guess. Can I guess? Let me buckle in. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, first of all, I'm going to tell you the scientific way that we choose restaurants that we review. There's a, there's a formula. Oh, oh my. boy. I can't wait. John and we I need were, a chalkboard for this? Yeah. Get out your scientific <laughs> has calculators. Anybody, has anybody got a laser print or a laser pointer? <laughs> it's a dot board. Okay. Here it is. Are you ready? John and I decided to go out to dinner. On the way out to dinner, we decided we're going to go to our local favorite Mexican restaurant. Our local favorite Mexican restaurant is Tijuana Flats. And Tijuana Flats, John and I can go out and feast for $22. And that's a couple of appet or that's an appetizer, a couple of entrees, and a couple of soft drinks. I think twenty two dollars is a cheap meal for two big adults. So we were on our way out to Tijuana Flats, and I realized that our schedule, what our schedule was like for the week, and that we had not reviewed a Disney restaurant. So we started talking about, well, should we go just go out to dinner, or should we go to a Disney restaurant? We're not going to have another night or another day to go do this. All right, so. That's part of it. The next thing we got talking about was free dining is coming up. And certain places, we've talked about this before, are going to start to fill up. And we're always asked, where is an out-of-the-way spot that other people don't know about? So our scientific method here was we were looking for some place to go eat. We were looking for some place out of the way. And we were looking for that hidden gem. Hmm. People ask all the time, is it worth taking Disney transportation to get there? So we decided, all right, and we had a taste for Mexican. Let's go to the Maya Grill in Coronado Springs Resort. There you go. 
That's the scientific method on how we found this. So basically, as long as it takes us to get from our house to Disney property, that's <laughs> how we decide. <laughs> Once we get out the slide rule, we're all set. All so right. you threw a dot at the dot board. No, there was actually some rhyme or reason oh, to okay. this one. There were some uh, mitigating factors that came into this uh, decision-making process. So we And we love the pepper market. The pepper market is one of those places that... If you're going out with some people and you want Chinese and you want Mexican and you want a burger, the pepper market is one of those places where everybody can go in their own direction and come back to the same table with a different kind of food. So we like the pepper market. Yep. Uh, so we figured, let's let's try the Maya Grill. Let's give that a shot and see if it's a hidden gem. See if it's worth somebody taking a Disney bus to get from one resort to the Coronado Springs. Well, after blowing 100 bucks. On dinner for two, oh I can God. tell you that this is not a hidden gem. Mm. Uh, we walked into the the Coronado Springs, and they've done the Coronado Springs over. Bob did his review of Rick's Lounge, and John blogged about Rick's Cafe. The Maya Grill is at the end of the long hallway, and as you approach the podium, you can see into this sort of cavernous space. And the night we approached, uh, it was about 6 o'clock, and the Maya Grill was empty. There was maybe six tables in this entire <laughs> place. And the hostess looks at us and says, do you have reservations? <laughs> and the old joke comes to mind. Yeah, but I'm still going to eat here. I'm thinking, you're asking me if I have reservations? There's six tables full. So we were, we were seated. We were polite and smiled and said, no, we didn't have reservations. Would that be a problem? And she said, no. So she took us in. Now, the Maya Grill is separated into... <laughs> took us in. Yeah. Yeah. The Maya Grill is separated into two sections. The main part of the room is this sort of um, huge soaring space with this abstract Mayan grill. It kind of looks like a prefab 60s church. You know, one of those sort of angular spaces. And it's in this huge... Sort of like a Mayan temple. Right. It's the Mayan temple. But it, it looks like one of those prefabs churches built in the 60s. The first part of the Maya Grill is this low-ceilinged anteroom, which looks like a Mayan Denny's. <laughs> uh, we were seated in the Mayan Denny's section of the room on the world's most uncomfortable chairs. These chairs are straight back and made out of like It looks like the furniture they make on trading spaces out of plywood. Oh, it, it was, And there's very little padding on them. Uh, the booths that surround the center section are all made of paneling. Of 1960s rec room paneling. Now, I have another complaint before we even sit down to dinner. The lighting in the Maya Grill, at least in the Denny's section of the establishment... You felt like you were in Mayan times? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. ...is bright yellow. What? The lights in the ceiling are bright yellow, so it looks like you're in this Mayan uh, Mayan temple, and you're underground, and the sunlight's streaming through. No one... And nothing looks good in bright yellow light. <laughs> Is that the effect they were going for? I, I'm guessing. That's uh, very I, observant of you because I just thought it was plexiglass, it, yellow plexiglass. I'm telling you, and it's this bright yellow light. So everything has this sort of sick look to it. All right. So they brought us the menu. Now, I'm, not have, I, I'm already thinking, get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Get out. Right. Right. So we stayed. <laughs> and they brought us the menu. Now the the servers wear these um, 
nondescript little fiesta costumes. And we're, we're perusing the menu, and there are about eight appetizers and about ten entrees. This place is expensive. Hmm. Very expensive. It's a convention hotel. You know, I understand that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that other people who are not on a per diem... I know. I'm trying to kind of warn them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I started with the pulled pork empanada, which is served with a chipotle cream. Sounds good. Doesn't it? Do you know how much empanadas are? You've been to food fairs, festivals. You can get them at Winn-Dixie for like $2 a piece. Right. Well, you get two of them, which if you fold a dollar bill in half, they're about the size of a folded dollar bill. You get two of them, and it comes with brown gravy over the top of it. I didn't find anything creamy or chipotle about it, but the the pulled pork empanadas were tasty. However, they were $9 for two of them, wow. and they came on a, sh- a bed of shredded iceberg lettuce. It, it was just a sloppy presentation that was entirely overpriced. John ordered the seafood margarita, which came in a margarita glass. It was described as shrimp, lobster, and mussels marinated in lime and... Hernadura tequila. Now, that sounds good. It was, in my opinion, it was salsa with a couple of mussels on top of it. If there were shrimp or lobster in it, they should join the hide and seek championship because they were just not visible. They were minced within an inch of their lives. (laughs) This was $10. John said he enjoyed his. I think the fact that it was covered in tequila. (laughs) (laughs) It got better and better with every bite. Your mouth was numb. (laughs) (laughs) The glass had salt on it. So between the salt and tequila and the little bit of salsa in the bottom of the glass, he seemed to really enjoy it at $10. He better have. Exactly. It's wildly overpriced. But that was tasty. We also decided just to try it was the soup of the day. Now, this was a Mayan specialty. It was beef barley. <laughs> I don't think the Mayans were making beef oh, barley. Please tell me it came so. out hot. <laughs> um, the beef barley soup was actually one of the highlights. It was probably more like monkey soup. It was <laughs> beef barley soup, and it had big chunks of beef in it. However, it had a smoky flavor, so I get the feeling that the beef might have been roasted over an open flame. That or they poured liquid smoke into the soup. It Ew. was very, very smoky. Tasty. $7 a bowl for beef barley soup. Can, can I... What's monkey soup? <laughs> I was making it up, Bob. Oh, okay. <laughs> he wants to try it. No, no, I just I'd never heard of monkey soup before. Okay. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, John ordered, he was thinking about the St. Louis style ribs. Now, again, this is a Mayan specialty. Yeah. I have no idea what makes ribs well, St. It, Louis style. Well, it's Mayan because it's the ribs of their enemies. There was another one. And decided to change his mind to the mixed grill. Figured we'd get a little more taste out of a little a taste of a couple more things. He had uh, it's a, sl- a piece of filet mignon, the fresh catch, which on that day was mahi, and St. Louis style ribs. And this includes a choice of potato and uh, mixed vegetables. Now our server, who was wonderful, described these potatoes. You could have rice peel off. You could have French fries, or you could have. Fresh mashed potatoes with caramelized onions. Ooh, those sound good. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah, wait. And I decided to try the Chilean salmon filet. Now, 
I've heard of Chilean sea bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have never heard of Chilean salmon. I've never heard so of it. So the description says includes potato and mixed vegetables. That's as far as it goes. I asked our server, what makes it Chilean? And I'm, I'm expecting some exotic rub. You know, it's going to have a nice spicy flavor to it. She says to me with a straight face, it comes from Chile. She probably said Chile. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> now, I didn't know salmon came from Chile. You learn something new every day. Now, I should tell you, John's appetizer was 30, or John's entree was $32. What? My entree was $27. Now, while we're sitting there trying to decide what we're going to have, another server walked by with what looked like filet mignon stacked with sliced potato, and they whisked it by really quick. So I said to the the server, what's in, what was that entree that just went by? It looked like stack, a stacked thing, and I couldn't tell if it was meat or if it was vegetables, but I was interested in what it was. She says, oh, that's the dessert. That's the Concord. And I thought, (laughs) really? And I said, what's the Concord? Oh, it's wonderful. It's these chocolate cookies with mousse layered between them and a cream sauce and raspberries. And I thought, all right, I know what I'm getting for dessert. I'm getting the Concord. (laughs) Okay. So our entrees come. Have you ever been to the buffeteria in a department store from... The 60s, <laughs> where you walk up and you take your little tray and go along the line and pull something out. Like Piccadilly? Yeah. Is this where we have to buckle up our seatbelts? Uh, no, it, it's it's just bad. Oh. My dish was a lump of mashed potatoes with some burnt onion pieces in them, the thickest sliced zucchini and um, yellow squash, and a piece of lemon or a piece of salmon laid over the top of it. At $27, I would have expected a little more artfulness in the presentation. It looked like the salmon just gave up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I swear I'm from Chile. I'm here. Leave me alone. I flew all night. I'm tired. Boy, my fins tired. All I can think of is this went down the assembly line and, you know, the prison assembly line where they're walking along with the train. You get some mashed potatoes and you get undercooked vegetables and you get a piece of fish. I had the greasiest piece of fish. It was actually oozing oil. It was really repulsive. It wasn't cooked by itself. It was probably cooked in a pan just waiting for you. It was you. probably cooked by one of the cooks from Hell's Kitchen. It was $27, and it, it, was, it looked inedible. Ugh. And it was supposed to come. I said, well, does it come with a sauce? She says, and this always thrills me, it comes with a house sauce. What does that mean? Uh, you, you know, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. How big was the piece of fish? It was an eight-ounce piece of salmon. However, it was cooked poorly. It was presented even more poorly. John's entree came out, and he got a piece of filet mignon. I have never seen filet mignon sliced so thin. I'm guessing this was a half inch thick, if that if it was that. And it was this little black hockey puck. He also got a piece of... <laughs> Mahi. Again, no seasoning, no finesse, not even a slice of lemon with the fish. It was just this little piece of steamed fish sitting on the plate. And he got, I'm going to guess, six or seven of the St. Louis ribs. Now, again, this is a Mayan specialty. The, the, the ribs were delicious. 
The ribs were fall off the bone tasty. It's because they came from St. Louis. Apparently. <laughs> By way of Mayan. Uh the filet mignon was overcooked and dry. I've described the fish. And again, he had the mashed potatoes with the burnt pieces of onion in them. And those great big thick slices of undercooked vegetables. And again, it I was all that. piled up on the plate as if there was... I mean, for $32, there should be some art to this. And there wasn't. It was just... It was absolutely dreadful is what it was. Mm. John, how do you get your steaks cooked? Medium. It was cooked well. And the steak was tender, very little flavor. The fish was awful. I don't know what that fish was that they gave me. They the give best you about part four was ounces of meat. I doubt it was I, that. Yeah, I agree. It might have been four ounces to start. Wow, before it was cooked. Yeah, I mean, this was just a mess. John and I are good eaters. Three quarters of our meal went back. Mm. It, the, the ribs didn't. What? What was you were going to get the ribs? What was the price on just the ribs alone? Twenty dollars. That doesn't. That might not be. A, I would get the ribs, and if the slab that I saw that they have, the part of this restaurant is when you first walk in. There's an open counter where you can see the meat, and the slab of ribs was beautiful. This giant slab of ribs, and then as you go around the corner, you can actually see the cook in there uh, grilling the steaks. I don't mm. know what happens from that point to when it actually appears at your table. <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling he might have been cooking for a different restaurant. Oh, okay. Did they have the option of a baked potato instead of the... the no, it wasn't a baked really? potato. It was french fries, rice pilaf, or these mashed potatoes. Jeez. Uh, so three quarters of our meal went back. Mm. Uh, so it's now for time for dessert. So the server comes to the table and she said, can I interest you into dessert? And I said, I'm going to have that Concord. I can't <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, God. Uh, this is an excellent choice. This is the house specialty. <laughs> so out she comes with the Concord, which looks really pretty. And somebody has taken some time. The pastry chef is apparently the artist in the kitchen. And there was two kinds of sauce. There was like a mango sauce and a raspberry sauce. And they had made a checkerboard on the plate. And then they had taken some time that at each of the junctions, there was a raspberry or a blueberry. So, I mean, it really looked. I think this dessert was $10. So they really spent some time with this. However, sitting in the middle of all this fanciness, do you know what meringue is? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had meringue that's gotten hard? Yeah. It's dried meringue. It was dried chocolate meringue cookies mm. with a spoonful of chocolate mousse between them and chocolate jimmies or sprinkles. And they were piled up. Mm. I was sorely disappointed. <laughs> it's the way she was raving about it. It, it looked pretty. It was awful. Mm. It was just awful. So now it's time to go. And the check comes. And the check for the two of us for what I consider to be absolutely subpar food was $99.50. And you sent three quarters of it back. Right. Now, John offered her the Disney Dining Experience card. And again, our server was above reproach. She was terrific. She brought the bill back and said to us, listen, I did not do the mandatory 18% gratuity on this. So here's your Disney dining experience. So we got back our bill with 20% off, which brought it down to about 80 bucks. However, because of this and because of the fact that none of this was her fault, she got the full 18% plus gratuity added mm. back on. She actually made more on us than she would have had she put this on there. So yeah. I, I kind of said to her, thank you for doing that. And while she didn't get a chance to tell us thank you, I have a feeling she's learned that if you do this, 
people will respond. So I hope Disney listens and takes her advice and does away with that silly 18% gratuity. Mm. But this is not one of those hidden gems. This is not the place that's worth uh, driving to or taking Disney transportation. This is absolutely horrible. So if you approach the podium and they say, you have, do you have reservations? Please, by all means, say yes and go to the pepper market. Is that where you went after you finished your meal? No, we no. stopped at McDonald's on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one on Disney property, because that's way more expensive. It is. We went to a regular McDonald's and got cheeseburgers on the way home. Yeah. And it's kind of sad that you've blown 100 bucks. And when we were really looking to our $22 Mexican feast. Yeah. But this is definitely... And you're right. Now, to go back to what you were saying, this is a convention hotel. Yeah. And I have a feeling that they have people who are on a time constraint or have no other transportation other than Disney transportation, and it's easier to just eat in the hotel. If that's not one of your reasons for being at Disney, I strongly recommend you eat someplace else. This place has nothing redeeming about yeah. it. But just, just because you're a conventioner doesn't mean that you don't like good food. Well, that's, <laughs> you know? But it's more about the price. Yeah, they, when yeah. you're in a, a hotel that is running the conventions... They have an expense account, and you know they can get away with getting higher prices. Except for one thing. You can go to the Pepper Market, and Pepper Market is, while it's higher priced than something that would be off Disney property, it's commensurate with the rest of the food prices on Disney property. Yeah. It's not ridiculously overpriced. You get a lot of food at the Pepper Market. Right. Yeah. We usually split an entree. Get two appetizers and split an entree. Yeah. The Maya Grill is ridiculously overpriced and serving food that you would expect at a much lower-priced restaurant where you weren't expecting much at all. Yeah. With no finesse and no panache at all, go so someplace else. I, I have a restaurant that I go to for ribs, a full rack of ribs and a baked potato, and, and you get a salad, 17 bucks. I mean, and... Here's the thing. We've talked about this before. If the food is good... I don't care what it costs, pretty right. much. I, I mean, agree. if you're getting, if you come out saying, listen, that was superb, right. then you have to say, you know what? I knew going in that it was going to be expensive. And as long as your um, experience was, you come out thinking that you couldn't have done any better, then the price makes it worth it. We talk about this all the time. Is there value for your money? Value for your money doesn't necessarily mean a low price. Right. Value for your money means that you had a good time, you had great food, you had good service, and you came out satisfied. Whatever that price point is, right. I mean, you can eat in a place that's really cheap and have a good time, or you can eat in a place that's really exquisite and pay top dollar for it. But if you come out and tell me, listen, that was Awesome. Yeah. Then it was. Then you got value for your money. This I don't believe is value for your money. This is a pretty much highway robbery. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, team, for uh, getting us through this podcast without Pete. Pete, we missed you, and we're looking forward to you coming back next week. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>